Masechet Jaman Nun Nun He, 55. Uh, we are dealing with the sprinkling of the blood of the Kohen, by the Kohen Gadol in the Kodesh Kodeshim. And we're going to deal with the you know, famous part that we, uh, that we say in the Avodah, that he does one up and seven down, and he expresses it each time and counts. So we'll see all the details and where we derive all this from. So first of all, we start. The Mishnah says um, that he shouldn't uh, direct it carefully up or down, but rather... My kemaslif. So my kemaslif. What does this mean? Like someone who whips. So uh, made some kind of hand motion. We don't know what he what he did, but someone like like someone whipping. I'll give two interpretations. One is that when uh, someone whips, uh, one goes down the back, so it starts high and then goes down, down, down lower. Um, however, the Mishnah did say, don't try to um, uh, put it in exact location. So um, the other interpretation is that it should be a whipping motion with his finger. In other words, don't take a drop and put it down carefully, right? But rather take a drop and just kind of throw it uh, wherever, wherever it lands. So that's the whipping motion that maybe he showed with his hand. Good. Tana. Now we're kaporet. I'm going to show you the pesukim in a second, but right here, right now, we're saying that he doesn't. Even though the pasuk says ala kaporet, it doesn't mean literally that he's going to put the blood on top of the the kaporet, the cover of the ark with that, which has the kirubim on it. No, no, but rather just towards the thickness. The thickness means the side of it, and not even on the side of it, just towards it. It's going to fall on the floor. So Allah Kaporet is not literally on top of the Kaporet, but rather towards the Kaporet. When it says Lemala, that means underhand, which means the, the back of his hand is facing down. And so when he throws it that way, it's going up in an upward arc and then going to come down. That would actually probably travel farther. And when it says lemata, lemata, lemala. When it means up, it mean, uh, 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 down. That means the back of his hand is up, right, like this, and he's doing it in an overhand, uh, and therefore throwing it down. Uh, so that's what that's what up and down means. So whenever we say uh, up, it means underhand in an up arc, and uh, and lemata down means overhand. That is just going to go straight down in a in a in a in a downward arc. All right, that's what the Baraita says. And so now that we know that, we ask, what is the source for all this? Okay, before we see the answer, I'd like to show you the Pesukim because we're going to do a lot of Midrash on these Pesukim. And the truth is that if you're just reading it yourself, you have to figure, do some figuring out what exactly is even the Peshat. So we're dealing with Pesukim 14 and 15. 14 is about Dam Hapar. That's what you do first. And then Dama Sa'id is second. Remember, it has to be that order. Okay, so let's see. He takes from the Dama Par, right? That's the, 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 the other Kohen was uh, mixing it this whole time. And he's going to sprinkle it with his finger on uh, Alpene. So Alpene means uh, Alpene. It sounds like, sounds like on top. It sounds like it's literal. Kedma um, to the east. The eastern side, yeah, that's what the Kohen Gadol is. His face is uh, standing. He's standing to the east, right? He's facing the the, the western wall. Uh, so he's he's on the eastern side of the um, of the uh, ark. So kedma lifnea kaporet yazeh sheba peamim min hadam And also, this sounds like something else he does. Before the kaporet. So you see here, 
al kaporet and lifnei kaporet. In Peshat, we might say that al sounds like uh, on top of it, and maybe lifne means in front of it, on, on the floor. Uh, so uh, the al sounds more literal. Lifne sounds like it's not really touching it. But um, doesn't, uh, excuse me, doesn't Kedma speak about the doc- where he's standing? He should toss it to the east. Right, but the blood will land to the eastern, on the eastern side of the ark. But that's a forced reading, I think. Well, it can't. Otherwise, he has to do it right. all the way over, right. over the yes. other side. Right. Um, uh, so, and in front of it, he does it seven times with his finger. So you see that he has, he has two sets of sprinklings. One is al, and the other one is lifne. The one that's al doesn't say how many. The one that's lifne says seven. Okay, keep that in mind. Then we read the next pasuk. And so he's going to go and slaughter the second Isair and bring that blood uh, into the Kodesh Kodashim. And whatever he did with the pad, he's going to do with the blood of the Sair. Now you could have ended the Pasuk there, period, right? That's it. Do the same thing. But instead, Pasuk goes on and says, Viza oto ala kaporet, kaporet. It repeats that it should be al. And lifne. So you have these two things, al and lifne. Again, here, al and lifne. We're going to see the Gemara is going to interpret al to mean the ones that are, are go up, right? That's lemala. And lifne means down, lemata, right? So I mean, uh, uh, al, al does sound like going up. Okay. Um, so here it says, oto ala kaporet. Oto is singular. So from here, the Gemara is going to learn that with only one that's going up, right? That's ahat lemala. And for the Sayyid, it doesn't say how many are going down. It just says, Lifna kaporet. Okay, so here's what we have to do. We have to combine these Pesukim and see that um, we have an equal sign. That's an equal sign. That means Pad is equal to Sayyid. But each one teaches us something that the other doesn't. The Pad teaches us that it's going to be seven times Lifne. Lifne means down. So now I know seven times down. But it doesn't say how many times up. The Sa'ir says, Oto, singular, that's one time up. It doesn't say how many times down. Once you have an equal sign, we can learn each from the other. So that's basically what the uh, the overall. Still, you have some extra words because uh, here, I need to know Vizao talk about, but I don't really need Lipnakapodit. I could have just had the equal sign. I don't need these words. And uh, for this one, it says, Kedma. I don't really need those words because I could learn it from Sa'ir. All right, so either you could have just told me in one place, this is seven and this is one, or if you want to split it, fine. This is seven, this is one, and it's equal, then I would know. So one up, seven down. And so we have two extra phrases uh, within these two pesukim. Okay, so this is all very, very interesting. And, uh, you know, you could figure out what you think of the, the Peshat is and why it has these extra words and why it says seven here and why it says al and penem, what these all mean. Um, but uh, in general, the al sounds like if you just had it al by itself, it would sound like, yes, you really put it on. Lifne sounds like, no, you just do it in front of it and it doesn't touch. Um, but the Gemara is not going to split the difference by like that. It's going to say both of them mean that it doesn't touch the arc. It's just the manner in which one throws it um, up or down. Okay, uh, with that background, it should be easy to understand the, the, these dirashot. So Amarav Acha Bar Yaakov Amar Bizera Amar Kedaviza Oto Al Hakaporet Velifne Hakaporet. This is the second pasuk regarding the Sa'ir. 
Now, lo yomar lemata besair, de lo sarich de gamar mimata le lepar. We don't need the pasuk regarding downwards of the sair, this pasuk that says, this part that says, ifna kaporet. We don't need it because we can learn it from downward of the pad. The pad, it says how many times downward? Seven times. So you don't need to tell me this phrase at all. So lama ne'emar, therefore, why is, why hakam in the second pasuk regarding sa'ir? Does it say anything at all? Lifne kaporit, meaning downward. La kusheh al le'lifne. So this is, this extra word says that when we interpret the word al, you should interpret it in a manner, the same manner that we interpret the word lifne, since lifne is the extra word. It's a confusing phrase. It means, just like lifne is, is, means not literally on it, it's not touching it, so to the word al is not literally on it, not touching it. Rather, lifne, just like lifne means, you do it towards the front of it, but it lands on the floor in front of the ark. So to al means on, doesn't mean literally on, but rather towards the top of it. It's like a, maybe a higher, a higher throw if you, would, if you would try to get it on top, maybe you would do it underhand so it could reach that far, but you don't actually touch it. Um, so that's how we learn that both of these are not literally going to touch the ark. So that's the extra word uh, of the sa'ir, All right, so that sounds okay, except that you can make the exact opposite argument. Why do I need the upwards regarding the pad of the, the first pasuk, since it doesn't say how many times you do it up. So I need the second pasuk that says uh, oto um, regarding sa'id. And then I could just learn, since they're equal, that the pad, I do one up. So I don't need any pasuk to tell me regarding pad that I have to throw it up. De gamar mima'ala de sa'id. I learned it from the sa'id. So lama ne'emar. So why do I have the upward phrase regarding pad? So that I can learn the word, how, what lifne means, from the word al, ma al al mamash. So al, if you just had that by itself, you'd say that means literally as to land on top of the kaporet. So to lifne means al mamash. Lifne means as to touch the side of the kaporet. Uh, and so it really does have to touch. And both of them touch are touching the top and the side. So I can learn equally that way. So now we're going to reject the second way and leave with the land with the first. Hi, my e amat bishlama lemata de sa'id la kushe kama. The punctuation in the Steinsaltz is incorrect. Uh, the comma should be here. E amat bishlama lemata de sa'id la kushe. If you say that the the lemata, the downward phrase of the sa'id, this one that says lifteka put it, and that's the extra one. Um, that la kushe, and that's the one that I'm, I'm going to learn from that, just like that is not actually touching, so to al is not actually touching. Then, le ma'lam depad, then the first pasuk, which says up, is an extra word. And what am I going to do with the, the, the extra word regarding pad that goes up, because I don't need it? I have something I need to do with it. So since in that pasuk, see, it does, it does say kedma in this pasuk. It doesn't say kedma in this pasuk, in the second one. So since it's alpene and kedma, so this is actually binyanav. Anytime it says the word alpene, that phrase, it always means on the eastern side. So that so I, I need that phrase. Uh, so I, that extra phrase is good. I, I need that extra phrase to teach me something. So that's the first reading. 
But if I follow the Adaraba, the second reading, and I say that the upwards uh, phrase regarding the Pad, the first Pasuk, that's the one that I'm going to use to compare Lemala to Lemata. And just like Al is literal uh, touching it, so too Lifne is literal touching it. If I say that, then Lemata desayed Lemayata. Then the Pasuk down, the, uh, regarding going down of the Sa'id. Right, this one, if it would be extra, and I have nothing that done nothing to do with it. Right, there's no, it has no information. So therefore, it's much better to read it the first way. This lifnakapot is extra, the, the, and it's and it's teaching us just like lifne means not touching. So to this al means not touching, and then I know neither of these are touching, and so the, neither of these are touching, and so you still have an extra word here. Al put it. I know I have to read, I have to do up, and I know that from here that it's once. So this phrase is coming to teach me kedma that alpeneh means kedma. So everything is taken care of. But if I do the opposite, I say this phrase alpeneh means literal touching, and therefore this lifne means literal touching, and therefore all these are literal touching. Um, this phrase lifne kapodit is hanging there and is extra is not needed. So that is the proof that um, that uh, the none of these phrases means that it actually touches. Okay, good. So uh, that was, uh, now that we accepted that, Tenura Banana, further, Baraita, Vihiza Oto, Al Hakapodet, Vilifne Hakapodet. So this is the second Pasuk regarding Sayyid. Lamadu Kamalem Ala Besayyid Achat. From this Pasuk, we learn that the upwards one, it says Oto, that means just one is going, goes in the upward, in upward motion. But regarding down of the Sa'id, it doesn't say in the second Pasuk how many times you do it lifne, meaning down. So, had any done? I'm going to learn through reason. Or comparison. It says blood regarding the pad um, that goes down, right? The first Pasuk, it says seven times down regarding the pad. And it says that the Sa'id also, you have to go down. But doesn't say how many. So we're going to learn the two downward motions from each other. I know the pad is seven times down, so too Sayyid is seven times down. So it doesn't say anything at all regarding Sayyid. So it makes sense to learn it from the Pasuk right before, right? Do the same thing. It says there's an equal sign. Okay, so that makes sense. But you might argue this, uh, in a different way. Right, you can follow a different path of reasoning. Let's just compare the two instances of Sa'ir. It says upwards regarding Sa'ir and downward regarding Sa'ir. Just like in Sa'ir, you throw it upward once, and that says explicitly, so two downward would be one. Right, I'm mean, just compare the Sa'ir to the Sa'ir, and they say this is one and one. It's not like the pod. The pod was seven. This is a different animal, uh, one and one. A different animal, literally, right? Uh, so, no, we want to do the thing that's the most similar. And what's what's more similar? We should learn downwards from downwards, just like downwards of the pot is seven, so to downwards of the say it should be seven. And that, you're not going to learn something downwards from upwards, 
meaning within Sa'ir, that up is, is one, so too down is one. It makes sense to do uh, down and down and down, or more connected to each other. We uh, or argue, where you can say, I should learn the it's this itself, from it itself, meaning Sa'ir, from the Sa'ir. It's the same thing that you're talking about. And don't learn this item from some other item, this animal from some other animal, right? So with questions, what to compare it to? What is the, what is the closer similarity? Therefore, that pasuk, the second pasuk, goes out of its way to give you an equal sign and says, do the blood of this one, the sayed, just like it did the dam hapar. Why do you have to say, like you did it? That the doing should be the same, the action should be the same. Just like for the calf, for the pad, you go seven times downwards, so two, seven times downwards for the sa'ir. So that phrase, comes to tell you that you know, really could compare it two ways. What's missing? What, what don't we know? How many times did you go downwards with, with the sa'ir? So you could make a comparison, you know, horizontally. You do it just once, just like the upward of the sa'ir, or you could do it uh, vertically, learn from the previous pasuk. And so this, pas- this, this phrase says, yes, learn it from the previous pasuk, do all the actions the same, one and seven, and also one and seven. Okay, good. Now we're going to just do the same uh, same exercise uh, for the for the pod for the seven. Lamanu kama lemata bepad ubesair sheba. So now we learn how many times do you go downwards if for the pod and the sair seven times. Lemala bepad and neodea kama. So regarding the pod. Um, uh, sorry, uh, say seven. Uh, the said seven. The Said does, we don't know. Okay, now we're talking about the the one. Um, okay, right. So, sorry. So we did, we did the seven. Okay. Here. We did the seven down. Fine. Now the upwards with pod, I don't know how many, right? Right. No, we're, now we're going to upwards. Regarding upwards, I know that um, the Sayyid is one. Uh, pod, it doesn't say how many. So I'm going to make a comparison. It says the word, I don't have to, I have to throw upwards regarding Sayyid and I have to throw upwards regarding pod. Just like the second pasuk can say it says upwards is one. So therefore, pad also should be one. Is that a good line of reasoning? Or you can argue a different way. Maybe I'll compare the bull to itself. Just like regarding, it says, it says down and up regarding pad. Just like I throw it down seven times. So to upwards, I should learn pad from itself and also throw it upwards seven times. Well, that's true. You do have a comparison of pad to pad, but it's maybe more similar to learn um, the upwards motion from the other upwards motion. And so, so just like the Sa'id is upwards once, so Tupar should be upwards once. Wait, is that really more similar? Maybe I should learn the it itself, this animal from itself. 
And so therefore learn that it should be seven for both and not learn one animal for another. That's why the Pasuk comes and adds this extra phrase, do this just like you did the other one. Why do I have to say kashirasa? Just say asatamo. So when I say just like the other one, that it's doing should all be the same. The same very actions, one and seven, should be this way and that way. So just like we have explicitly regarding the bull, that that's seven down, so I'm going to learn the other way, that Sayyid is also seven down. And it says explicitly regarding Sayyid, that's one up, so I learned for the pod, that's also one up. Oh, good. And now we uh, we learned everything, and uh, that makes the most sense um, to learn it um, vertically, one pasuk from the other, and not and not have different numbers of numbers of sprinkling for the different animals. Okay, so that's clear enough. Now the now the Mishnah goes on and says the Kun Gadol to count a hat, a hat a hat Why does he have to count like this? To not a banan. There's two opinions actually how to count. One says a hat. You do one up. And then achat ve'achat, then you do one down, but you still keep account of the other one. Achat u'shtayim, achat ve'shalosh, achat ve'arba, achat ve'chamesh, achat ve'shesh, achat ve'sheba, and you still remember all the the one the one up, even though you're counting the ones down. One, two, three, four, six, till seven, so you end up with one and seven, um, like counting balls and strikes. You keep uh, count of both uh, as you're going along. The bir bimir, that's the bimir. The biudal mer achat, achat ve'achat, shetayim ve'achat. He just switches the order and says the second word is the is what you did lemala. Uh, the first word is the lemata. So that's when the, you you count up for the for the second word. Okay. There's no fundamental difference between them. The Kohen Gadol is doing the Kohen Gadol is doing the same actions, right? And one's not saying that you should do seven times up or anything like that. It's just that they had different styles in different places, right? Like in America, we put the month first and then the date, and uh, other everywhere else in the world, they put the date first and then the month, right? It's okay. You can put the bigger number first, the smaller number first. Um, you know, when you're keeping score in uh, ping pong, people have different, uh, you always do the, the higher number, the other person first. There's different ways of counting, so there's different styles. That's okay. Okay. But everyone agrees that you have to keep saying one, repeating one uh, every time. Why? Just say one, oh, one up. I did the one up. Okay, now stop counting that. Now just count the downs, right? Why do I have to say one, repeat one every time? says a simple practical reason not to make a mistake. If you're gonna just be counting one and then you counted another one, wait, this one that I counted was that the one from this one or what is that two? Is this, he doesn't know what he's up to. So you keep count of both, and that way you won't make a mistake and confuse the first calculation with the second calculation by keeping them separate and repeating them. Uh, so that's a simple reason. Uh, second reason would be Yohanan Amar Amar Kera velifnei kaporet yaze shen tamud Amar yaze umat tamud Amar yaze limed al hazari shona shesiricha minyan imkol achat veachat. This is the style of midrash halacha, by the way. That always when you have an extra phrase, it says this does not teaching anything. Okay, it's not teaching anything. Oh, so what is it teaching? It's teaching you that 
um, uh, that this uh, one yazeh you have to keep account of. So we could look at the pasuk um, and you see how it's extra. Because it says here, Vahiza already that he's going to sprinkle it um, in front of Nekapodet. Yazeh, if you just took out, if you took out this word Yazeh, you wouldn't be missing anything. This with Nekapodet, also Sheva Pa'amim Minadam. This Hiza could go on both. So this Yazeh is extra to say it's a separate sprinkling, it's a separate count. It needs a separate count. So according to the Rabbi El Azar, it's just a pragmatic reason. Reason. According to Biochanan, he's learning it from the Torah. It's like a deoraita. Yes, you have to you have to keep it separate and keep uh, keep uh, um, uh, uh, counting it. So, what's the practical difference between the Bial Azad and the Biochanan? My Benayu, Ika Benayu de Lomana Belotaa. What if he didn't count? He forgot to count, um, but he didn't make a mistake. So, according to the Bial Azad, it's just there to help you. So, if you didn't make a mistake and you didn't count, it's okay. Whereas, according to Biochanan, no, it's a mitzvah to count. And if you didn't do it, you missed out on the mitzvah. Torah says, go ahead and do it. It's not just a nice, a good advice, not just a nice idea. So you really have to do it. Okay, so now we've took care of the counting <clears throat> um, uh, and he did all the sprinklings inside. Um, now the Kohen Gadol is gonna go out to the um, Kodesh and he's gonna do the same thing, sprinkling towards the parochet, right from the, uh, from the outside. Um, but he has to do the pod first and then the sayid. So we just did the pod and then the he, and then the sayid. Now he has to switch the, the blood because he's holding the sayid. He has to switch it back with the pod. And uh, in the Mishnah mentioned that there um, there's a stand um, where he puts it down and takes it and picks it up. There's a machloket regarding the stand. Uh, Rabbanan says there's two stands. One for the Dhammapad, one for the Dhamma Sayyid. That way he's holding the Sayyid, he could put it down, and then you could use his right hand the whole time and pick up the other one. Whereas the Biudah says only one stand. According to the Biudah, since he's holding the Sayyid, he would have to go and pick up the pod, put down the Sayyid, and then he could take the one of the pod and do the next sprinkling. So we're going to analyze the opinion of the Biudah. Why is he insist on only having one stand? Right? Was he too cheap? They could afford two stands. What's the problem here? So we learn, Tenan Hatam. We're going now to Masechet Shekalim. Remember, there is no, there was no Tamud Bavli, there is no Tamud Bavli to Masechet Shekalim. And yet this suya looks like it is a, uh, perhaps a remnant of, a, of the Bavli uh, interpretation of Masechet Shekalim, because you see, as we'll see, it focuses on Mishnah Shekalim and happens to bring our Mishnah in incidentally. So that's why we bring this all here. It's related to our Mishnah. Um, okay, but now we're going there. Tenanatam Rebiudaomer, Lo Ayu Shofarot Dekine Choba Mipene Hata Arovot. So Mishnah there, according to Rebiudah, says that there was, remember, we learned that there was 13 different Shofarot, uh, which means Sedaka uh, boxes. They weren't actually Shofar, but they were shaped as Shofar, small on top, so people could put the money in and it would gather inside and then they couldn't uh, reach your hand in and steal it. Um, so, there was a lot of shofarot for all different things. Um, but, and there were two, two collection boxes for birds. Now, the, the Tanakhama Chachamim say, why were there two? One was for Korban Chova, uh, and one was for Korban Nedava. Some people have to bring birds, like a Zav, and so they put it in there. Other people, voluntary, they want to bring birds, they put it in the other one. That's Chachamim. The Buddha argues and says, I agree, there's two for birds but they're all for voluntary offerings. So why are there two? For different kinds of birds. One's for uh, pigeons and one is for doves, but there's not, nothing for ob obligatory. 
That's what Rabbi Yehuda said. Now, and he says, why? Because of Tadabot, because they're going to get mixed up. Um, he is afraid if you're going to get mixed up and, and uh, with the voluntary and the ob- obligatory, it's a big problem because uh, who's going to get mixed up? First of all, the people coming, they could put it in the wrong box. That's not such a big problem. Even worse problem is the Kohen who comes and empties out the boxes. He might get them, get them mixed up. And now all the ones that were chova, he might treat them as nedava. And that would mean that all the people that needed to bring them, they're prepared in a different way, aren't going to get their atonement the way they were supposed to. Or the other way is also bad. So since they got, get, could get mixed up, Rabbi Uda says, nobody's allowed to bring the, um, put the money in for, for obligatory offerings. Obligatory offerings, you have to come and give, it, give the money or the bird to the Kohen directly. You can't use the boxes. Okay, so now we're going to analyze this. What's Rabbi Uda worried about getting mixed up? Right? Why is he worried about that? He's worried about mixing up obligatory with voluntary offerings. That's why all voluntary. If you get mixed up between the, the bird, the two different types of birds, well, we'll talk about that in a second, but it's not as bad. So what's the problem? Just write, make a sign. We have two boxes and you put a sign. This one's choba, this one's nedava. If you have a sign, you won't get mixed up, right? What's the problem here? Well, we have a picture of this. This is a picture. I forgot to show you the picture of... of um, Upwards motion, downwards motion. Here's a picture of the collection boxes uh, that look like a shofar. We learned in Shekalim that they were they were in a round uh, <coughs> um, uh, shape. But you have a, you have a label on each one, and since each one's labeled, right, you don't have to worry. So you just write one chova, one nedava. So what was the biyuda is going to say about that? The biyuda let le The biyuda does not hold the writing. What do you mean doesn't hold the writing? He thinks that writing is not enough of a solution. You know, people, you put up, a lot of times you put up signs and nobody reads the sign. They say, oh, how come you didn't tell me that, uh, you know, there was going to be an event tonight? There's signs all over the, all over the, the, the Bet Knesset. Ah, nobody reads signs. So you can put the sign there and, um, and uh, the Kohen who's emptying it out, after he empties it out, oh, which one's that empty? Yeah, he doesn't realize. And he can get mixed up. So therefore, better to avoid it at all. Okay, so we see from here the Biuda thinks that people get mixed up and writing doesn't help people get getting mixed up. That's that, that explains the Mishnah in Shekalim. Now we're going to challenge this from our Mishnah here in Yoma. Ditnan, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, lo haya, not challenge it, but support it. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, lo haya sham ela kan ehad bilbad. Over here, we have, you have the two, uh, two, two vessels one with the blood of the pot, one with the blood of the sa'ir, and he says only one stand for both of them. Today, my time, my law, why doesn't he make two stands? Because the Ganem get mixed up. Wait, there's no problem. Why can't you have two stands and you make a sign? Put a sign on the stand, on the vessel, and write, this one is the blood of the sa'ir. This one is the blood of the pot. So you can have two vessels, and that, that way the Kohen could always use his right hand. He could keep his hands free. Maybe he needs to go do something, right? And easier to have two stands, isn't it? So here's a proof that writing doesn't help. You could put a sign, and still he could pick up one and not pay attention to the sign and make a mistake. Uh, whereas if you have only one stand, then that's better because he knows he's holding the sa'ir because he just did that. That was what he finished with. And then he's going to switch them 
when you're in the middle of switching, you're not going to get mixed up because you pick one up, you put one down, right? It's like, you know, right there in front of you. Uh, so then you'll be okay. And then once you have one, then you go and do, do the next thing. Okay, this happens a lot when you go and you, know, you make your, your, yourself and someone else a cup of tea, you bring them in and you say, oh, well, which one's which? One has sugar, one doesn't, right? Uh, so it's hard to know. You get mixed up when you're holding uh, both for a long time. So if you're switching it right there and they're not sitting there, otherwise, if you have two stands, you put it down. I don't know, maybe you can go tie a shoe. He's not wearing shoes, but okay, it goes to something else. He can get mixed up. Okay, so then we see here that writing is not sufficient, uh, a sufficient reminder. You still get, might get mixed up. Now we have a challenge to this. This challenge is back from Shekalim, uh, where the Mishnah there says, um, so we're just elaborating a little more on what these 13 collection boxes were for. Um, and they had signs on them. One says for the new Machasita Shekel, I mean the Machasita Shekel for this fiscal year. Tikin uh, is for the previous fiscal year. If you forgot to give Machasita Shekel last year, you can put it in that box. Kinin, because these are the two that are for, the, for birds. Um, uh, one are called nests and one are called gozele ola. <clears throat> so that's the, the question here. Are these, or is this nedava and chova, chachamim say, or is it two different types of birds, which is a biuda says. And other way, if you want to donate uh, wood or frankincense or uh, uh, gold for vessels um, or six more for just korban nedava that they would give any time. Okay, so those are the various uh, collection boxes. Now we go on and explain a little bit further. This is not, re not relevant for us, but now we mentioned that we're going to elaborate. So this is the the new machazita shekel, the old machazita shekel. Kinin is torim. That's the uh, the nests are the doves. Um, and those are the pigeons. Bechulan olot says these are all ola. These are not uh, one. If it's one, the ones that are obligatory, you bring one for ola, one for hatat. He says no, all olot. They're all for. They're all uh, voluntary. Um, so now this is a question because you see, even according to the biuda, you still have two different collection boxes for birds. They're just different types of birds and. Aren't you worried that you're going to get mixed up between these two these two boxes, right? If you put the wrong amount in the wrong box, then you're gonna you know you're not gonna get what you what you paid for, um, and so you see that here the biuda is okay with it, and therefore it seems that he he relies on the labels, right? You label one that this is for torin, this is for bnei yona, and the labels will work just fine, and people won't get mixed up. So now why are you telling me that Abiyudah doesn't accept labels? He accepts them to some extent here. So why not say also before he can accept them for different types of, um, uh, of uh, korbanot and he can accept them to have two stands in the Bet HaMikdash for Yom Kippur for the different kinds of blood. So now we, uh, this answer is rejected. The fact that he doesn't like these, uh, it doesn't rely on labels. Instead, we need a new answer, a new explanation of why he does not want to have one collection box for voluntary and one collection box for obligatory offering. Uh, offering. So now this explanation is only going to answer the Mishnah in Shekalim. It's not going to help us for Yoma of why there's only one stand. But there, and we rejected this whole line of reasoning regarding the writing. 
So kiatan abdimi amar amre be ma'arava. Gezera mishum hatat shemetu be'aleha. Here's the problem. Here's why he doesn't want to have a collection box for korban chova. Because there's a rule that if someone brings a korban hatat, let's say he brings the actual animal, right? And then the, 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 that person dies before they get to do the shechitah and the chatat, that chatat has to go out and is, 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 is burnt. Uh, it has to be killed and burnt. It cannot be used anymore. You cannot bring it as a sacrifice. So here's the same thing. We're going to have the same problem. If you have a box of uh, money to collect four obligatory birds, one of them is going to be a chatat. What if someone brings it, he put this money in and he left and then he had a heart attack that day before the Kohanim got to offer it. And now you have this big box of money and some of the money in it is for someone who died, which means now is a problem. We don't know which money it is that we can go and take it out. And now we have a problem because we're not allowed to offer something for someone who died. And that's why the Biuda says, no, 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 um, uh, no collection box for hatat for obligatory bird offerings. Uh, now that's so that's the and the, that's the answer. This doesn't help us for Yoma. Now, hold on. Do you really have to worry about that? If someone sends an animal and he lives far away, he sends his friend, please take the I did a, I did a sin by mistake. Please take this uh, for me. I can't go myself. And uh, then he gets to the Betamitash, the Kohanim sacrifice it. And they don't have to worry and check. Maybe he died in the meantime. It could be two months later by the time he got there. We don't worry about that. We have a hazaka. He's when he sent it, he was alive. We assume he's alive now. I mean, maybe nowadays, you know, you have to send him a text right before it to make sure he's still alive. But you know, they couldn't do that back then, and you don't have to worry about it. So too, once he puts his money in, it's like someone who sent his his his, uh, his animal from far away, and you can assume that he's alive. We don't have to worry about this. So that can't be the problem of Rabbi Rather, it must be not an assumption, but we know the person died. But this guy, someone just came, put some money in. The one we know him, he's walking around there, right? And then he dies on the spot and we see him and we know he put the money in. So we know for sure. If you don't know for sure, Safik, so you follow a chazaka, you know for sure now that someone who put money in this box died and there's a chatat and I can't use it. That's what Abiyuda is worried about. That's why he cannot have a collection box for uh, birds that are chova. Uh, last point. Okay, no problem. Let's take any random four coins out of the box. That's how much uh, each person pays. And we'll destroy it. We'll throw it into the Dead Sea. And the rest of that will be okay. Now, we don't know for sure that that's the four coins that he put in, but it doesn't matter, right? We'll assume. Uh, all money is fungible. All the money is, you know, everybody who donated says, you know, my money is connected with the rest. And so we'll take these four, at least the value of what he put in, we took out and we'll designate. These are the four coins that represent his korban and we're throwing them out and then that'll, that'll be fine. Why can't you do that, Rabbi Yudah? The answer is Rabbi Yudah. does not have the principle of Bidada, which means retroactive clarification um, that we take these coins and now we say, let's make an assumption. We'll designate that these are the ones that uh, he put in. Um, it's a kind of a, just a, it's a legal fiction that we're saying we are, we're making an assumption that these are the coins. Other, other sages say you can do that. Abiyuda says you cannot do that. Since you cannot do that, that's why 
um, uh, it, we, we're afraid that someone might, may die and we'll know that his coins are in there and there's no way to get them out. And then we're going to have a problem. We won't be able to sacrifice any of these coins for everybody else. And therefore, you know what? Uh, no, no collection boxes. If you have to bring a korban chova of birds, then give it to the Kohen directly. Okay, so that all will answer the question regarding Shekalim. We're still stuck. We're left with our question. According to the Buda, why does he have two? Why does he have only one stand? Why can't he have two stands, right? And you label them. Uh, we're going to see the, tomorrow, the answer tomorrow, but just not to keep you in suspense. The answer is that on, on Yom Kippur, Kohen Gadol is fasting, he's tired, and he's busy, and it's very easy that he makes a mistake, right? Usually, people will follow signs, and you can, they're not going to get mixed up. But Kohen Gadol and Kippur, we have to be extra careful um, because he can, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's thinking about a lot of other things, and he can be easily distracted. And therefore, it is, that is, in fact, because we want to make sure he doesn't mix up the two types of blood. Baruch Adonai Leolam. Amen v'amen.